Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. And Trevor Lane here, joined by Keith Smith, as always. Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, powered by Lakers Nation and CLNS Media, sponsored by us, which is awesome. <laughs> and, uh, guys, the NBA, I, I'm just going to kick it off with this. The NBA, I feel like I'm more optimistic right now than I have at any, at any point that they're going to come back. This is the most optimistic I've been so far that the NBA season is coming back. We're going to talk all about it. We're going to talk about what's going on, what's happening, uh, what would happen for things to get derailed, all that kind of stuff. We're going to dive into all the cap stuff and, and all of that. So tons of, to go over today. While we're at it, though, please make sure you do follow Keith on Twitter. Follow him at KeithSmithNBA. You can follow me at Trevor underscore Lane. You can follow me on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. And don't forget to follow at Front Office Show. Keith, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm with you. This is... uh as good as I've been feeling as well. I am also, I'm going to go all the way to say, I guarantee this season is going to finish in some form or fashion, Ooh. barring something really unexpected. There's just too much momentum now and too much mm-hmm. at stake for all parties involved. They, they, this season is going to get wrapped up. Starting spicy, Keith, throwing it out it there. Is. This season is going to happen. We know Adam Silver is not going to give us a, anything definite for at least a couple more weeks. It could be a yep. month ish somewhere in there before we hear anything definite on it but i'll tell you what the thing that's got me the most uh positive about it coming back is it's not so much the oh we've got more testing or anything like that it's not any of that it's not that there's there's all this money at stake although that's certainly a factor the thing that's got me optimistic is the fact that you've got lebron james anthony davis (laughs) damian lillard russell westbrook right all the stars of the nba hop on one giant I don't know if it was a Zoom call, if it was a conference call, you know, whatever Best this Zoom was. Best Zoom call ever. Yeah, was it right? a FaceTime? I don't, I don't know. I, I hope somebody recorded it and it comes out right? at some point. But the fact that you got that much star power, as your buddy Chris Haynes told us all about, uh, meeting and making the decision that yes, we will play as soon as the NBA gives the green light. I think that's huge. You get that much momentum going. That's a hard thing to stop. Yeah, absolutely. If this was the other way where the league by themselves and the teams were pushing, it would just be a mess. It would look a lot, I think, like Major League Baseball does right now. For those who don't follow Major League Baseball, they're in a pretty big fight between Mm -hmm. the the teams and the uh, players. And there's a big back and forth because a lot of the players don't feel like this is going well. From my understanding, it sounds like Major League Baseball and the teams are trying to throw some shady stuff in there of, hey, we'll do this, but we also want a salary cap. And we know that's not going to fly in baseball. That's been a thing for 30 years now. But the NBA, the fact that that it's the league and the teams, as well as the um the the players are all on the same page. That's huge. That's that makes it easier. No one's being forced into this now. I'll be curious to see if we get a couple guys here and there that are like, I don't know, I'm not sure I want to do this, mm-hmm. and how that gets handled. But I'll tell you, I have talked to probably at this point now, I'm probably 30, 40 players uh, deep, and not a one of them has said they don't want to play. They're all caveats of you know it's got to be safe we can't be taking tests away from other people all the same things the league is saying but they are absolutely on the same page and that's that's huge because no one's being dragged into this unwillingly so yeah you're absolutely right there's nothing to work out 
detail wise there to get guys motivated to play. So that that part of it, you know, that's a barrier to entry that's just completely removed. Well, here's the here's the thing. You know, you mentioned baseball. I think baseball is being ridiculous with the way they're handling things, and I put a lot of the blame on the owners. Although the way the players are coming off isn't great either. That whole Blake yeah. Snell thing got a lot of people upset, and, and for good reason, given what's going on. But the owners knew when they put the players in this situation that they were kind of backed up against a wall, and either either take a bad deal where they threw in all these last minute things that changed the deal that they had originally, um, or they look they look bad to the public and it's bad PR. Um, what a mess that is and what an opportunity being missed right now. I hope baseball figures it out because whatever sports come back, what what a chance to be a hero, right, for the country, to be able to step up and say, look, we're back and we're giving you that sense of normalcy. Just having the UFC back has felt a little bit nor- more normal, being able to watch that. Uh, could you imagine if baseball comes back, if basketball comes back, whoever's the first to come back, there's going to be an appreciation from the American public. And I think that's something that shouldn't be overlooked. And I think it's something baseball is missing out on, especially given their, the dwindling fan base that baseball has. And I don't want to spend a ton of time talking baseball, but, but come on, MLB, figure it out. Yeah. Join us on the uh, MLB front office show and, <laughs> and we'll break. That might actually be a real thing. I probably shouldn't say that. I think that it, is it might exist, um, but that's not us. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think the, uh, you know, the fact that the NBA is, is there, the NBA is very proud of the fact that they led their way out of this mm-hmm. and they are, I think would love to be one of the ones to come back first. They're not going to push to come back until they're ready. They're not making any, you know, snap decisions. It's clearly been two months plus now and, and, it may still be a little while longer, but I think there's been some really cool developments this week, especially uh, yeah. uh, both board of governors calls, the player call, like you mentioned. Um, there's been some additional reporting added out there. Uh, Woj, Shams, Sam Amick, Chris Haynes, they've all had pieces and parts of this. Uh, some of us have filled in some other things that we've heard, kind of more supporting reporting. And one of the neat things, I think, too, hoping the timing wise, there's two pieces that were big to me uh, this week. One was Adam Silver's saying two to four weeks. That is the first time since it was clear this wasn't a you know one or two week shutdown that he has set a timeline. He, he had not said anything resembling a timeline mm-hmm. prior to that. And that is huge. And why I think that's big is we're seeing now probably by I think the Lakers are getting into their facility tomorrow, Saturday. So tomorrow, we're recording yep. this on Friday. So so that's a big one, right? Because because LA is still in uh you know stay at home. So so the okay. fact that they got their exception sounds like the Clippers are gonna be pretty soon to follow. So you've got the vast majority of teams are going to be back in their facility. The Boston Celtics, the team I cover, they are still out of their facility. But Danny Ainge said hopefully by next week, and that was on the low post this week. He said next week, hoping to be back in there. So I think you're going to see probably pretty close to every team back in their facility. Let's call it by the middle 10 to next week. Then what that does is that allows the trainers and medical staff to get a look at these guys and have a real sense of, how out of shape are they? You know, right. do we need a you know big push? But from the fifteen to twenty teams that are already back in facilities, they've already pushed that timeline down from saying we need a four to five week training camp to we can probably get away with two to three weeks. Now that is huge because of something I know we want to go into here on the show is when you do come back to play, and we're gonna Let's just talk this like they're coming back, right? Because okay. I think we're both there. I think that makes it a little easier. Then we don't have to keep saying if, 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 if. So when they come back to play, that helps guide what 
form and fashion does that take? Is that going to be playoffs only, some regular season in that? And I think that's really important. So I think you're really looking at sometime in the next, let's call it one to three weeks, because it was almost already a week ago Adam Silver gave the two to four week time frame. One to three weeks, we're going to get the sense of this is when we're coming back, this is where we're coming back, and this is how we're coming back. Yeah, that and that's that's just it, right? Is figuring out that once they they decide yes we are, then it's figuring out okay, what is exactly is that going to look like and and where is it going to take place? Is it going to be Orlando? Is it going to be Vegas? The one that I keep hearing that's interesting is splitting and doing yes. Orlando and Vegas. And so yep. you'd have your Eastern Conference in Orlando and, and the Western Conference in Vegas. And I think that's interesting because, you know, the more people that you have together, the greater chance you have of, of transmitting uh, something and, and the pandemic spreading and all of that. So I think the idea of splitting things up is an interesting one. And you'd have to redo uh, the schedule. That, if, if, yeah. Sorry, if I can jump in on that too, that one becomes extremely important if you're bringing all 30 teams. Exactly. It, because all 30 teams in one place is a doable shore, but the bigger the numbers, the harder it is to control, the harder it is to keep things out. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I think think we may be getting to a point where it may be you know western conference in las vegas eastern conference in in florida and we play this thing out we get some regular season games in and off we go yeah and that would be i think that would be huge because of and i've been on board with the whole hey just take the playoff teams everybody else stay home in order to control the amount of people involved but if you're going to split it into two locations I think it makes it a little more feasible to bring everyone back. And you look at the TV deals, which uh, we already know that they are, uh, from that Sam Amick piece that came out, they're projected to lose $900 million just if they don't play the playoffs. That's not including all the regional TV deals. So when you add in those other TV deals where you have to hit 70 games, there's a lot of incentive to bring everybody back. And I saw that that Adam Silver uh, apparently had a, a comment where he was basically telling everybody, look, whether or not you're in the playoffs, Look at the league as a whole. Don't just think about your team. That was probably responding to Steve Kerr and his comment that they're acting as though the season is over for them, even though their season really was over in, I think we said November on our last show. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's which what is, it felt like well, at least. Which is is accurate. <laughs> but um, but you know what? If you can get those teams to come back, you only need, you're only, what, five, six, seven games short for most teams in the league to reach that regional TV deal. So I think think it's possibly feasible to see some more regular season games before jumping into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, that's why I did the little money, 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 you know, symbol yeah. here is, is that that's what it's all about. It's all about money, you know, right, wrong or indifferent. That's what drives all of this. And I think what's important to keep in note here and everybody, if you have an athletic subscription, go read Sam Amick's piece because it's going to fill in a ton of the detail around the great you know, I kind of call it the tentpole reporting mm-hmm. by by Chris Haynes and, and Woj and Shams. Um, and then Sam kind of fills in all the details around those tentpoles. And I think that's really big. And I think what's important as you get into it is when you want to look at, at, at the 30 teams, it's it's about hitting those regional TV things. And I, and I do think you're right. I think it was a little targeted at Steve Kerr, but I don't blame Steve Kerr if that's the way he's kind of operating. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, our season's done. And I think it's also, though, maybe a preemptive shot of hey warriors if you can come back and steph curry can play steph curry should play you know because what they want is they want as many eyes on these games as possible and even though the warriors stink and they're just coming in to play it out and get to their you know whatever marker the nba sets i'm gonna watch their ping pong balls (laughs) and i I love watching steph right so i'm gonna watch um you know and a lot of people will too too, i mean now you and i aren't the target audience because we're gonna watch you know anybody that doesn't matter but it's 
but but that's what you need to have is you want to have those stars. And and I'm not saying every player, because I'm not saying he's going to put pressure on like the Nets to play Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. That that's not there. And I, I the the other piece that I believe now too is I think we're going to see some form or fashion of regular season. It's going to be minimal. I think it's going to be five to eight games, let's call it in that range. Get the get everybody to that 70 game mark and off we go. Teams that are bad. Thanks for this, guys. We'll see you in you know when we see you for training right. camp. I think the other teams are um then we go into the playoffs, and I think we're gonna get real close, if not the traditional playoffs now of seven game playoff series. Maybe the first round is shortened down, but I think we're getting really close. The fact that we're we cut that training camp estimate from four to five weeks to maybe two to three weeks, that adds a couple more weeks. And we know it takes about a week to play around in the playoffs. So I think we're starting to get real close to some regular season and some playoffs, which then, as you mentioned at the beginning, that allows you to deliver on the regular season TV money and the playoff money, which is you know based off of X you know amount of playoff yep. games. And let's let's get there. And I think that is huge because they know the rest of this season, whatever form it takes plus a good chunk of next year if not all of next year there's not gonna be fans so you've got to make as every dime of that tv money as you can and i think that's really really important to keep in mind as they build out what this is going to look like absolutely they're in they're in desperation mode to make as much money as possible because you've lost money already this season you've lost a lot of money and now you're projecting to lose more money next season because you don't have fans in the arena which is a big chunk of your your BRI, your basketball-related income, is from those fans going into the arena, buying the sodas, the popcorn, the whatever, the the foam finger. Do they even do those anymore, the, the foam fingers? But the thunder sticks, know. all that kind of stuff. I haven't <laughs> yes, seen a lot yeah, of foam that, fingers you know, anymore. But uh, Yeah, that's funny. I, I spend most of my time when I'm in the arena, I look for really bad old retro jerseys yeah. where I'm like, why did somebody spend money on this dude who was on the team for a week or some random guy? And then I like to send those to Sean Hike and shout out to him because he loves bad jerseys when you can find them. <laughs> you go find but, like an old, uh, I don't know, like a Javaris Crittenden jersey or something like yeah. that or a Kwame Brown throwback or whatever, whatever you can get. Yeah, I found a dude in a, thro- a full full uniform, Ooh. never mind just the jersey, full gold Detroit Pistons, which they barely ever wore, Grant Hill in uh, at Orlando earlier this season. So that was a good one. That, that was a fun one. Is it – okay, and this is a total aside here, but is it <laughs> is it better – yeah, now I'm – now now you've got my brain thinking about other things here, Keith. Is it better? <laughs> Like, does it make the throwback jersey better if it's an ugly jersey? Yeah, that's a good quote. Maybe. Like, maybe it does. You know what's funny? Do, do you remember back when, like, the Raptors, now everybody loves that one with the dribbling the, dinosaur. Everybody hated that for a while, and now it's come back Everybody around. hated it and when it was out there. The Pistons uniform, where it's like the, the horse, like, firing out yeah, of the Pistons. The and Grand back jersey. Far, everybody's like, that one sucks. And now everybody's like, those uniforms are great. Like, like, yeah, I think it's kind of funny. The Grizzlies, they got real cartoonish there yeah. for a while in the 90s and early 2000s. And now, now people, those are the ones people want. So I think you're right. You're on to something. The, the big country jersey was great. Um, and I'm thinking, I go back to the the uh, the Mavs jerseys that were like the bronze color. That was like kind of the shiny oh, bronze. You get an an, like an Antoine bad. Walker bronze <laughs> Mavs jersey. So what that tells me, though, is I need to go find – one of the current Mavs jerseys that's got like the graffiti art style lettering on it. It's the, oh, it's the lime green and the blue and the, on that background. Yeah. It's, it's super, it's, it's super ugly. I need to get one of those because 20 years from now, it's going to be amazing. And you got to get it like for like Sean Bradley or something. Exactly. Uh, somebody really like, like eccentric. Yeah. That'd Obscure be awesome. as possible. 
but but no, you're 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 spot on, man, with the BRI. That's it. They're trying to make up every dollar that they can because because mm. they're they're missing out on any of these games that are held without fans. It's a ton of money. It was estimated that's you know uh you know t- tons and tons of the BRI you know that come into the league. Right. So that that's going to be tough. What, what did they say? Forty percent. I think yeah. they said was from from um in arena type things. Not to mention just the tickets themselves. I mean, I don't. Right. Oh. Fortunately, you don't have to pay for tickets anymore. But now, you know, I don't think you can get in on a lot of these games mm-hmm. for decent seats for less than a, you know, right around a hundred bucks or or more than that. You know, in a lot of places. So, so yeah. So they're they're definitely going to be pushing to get these these games in and as many of them on TV as possible. And that's why I'm starting to think, yeah, man, they're going after this. They're, they're going to go in and they're they're going to they're they're going to do this and they're going to get it to somewhat resemble whatever it is we're looking at. Yeah, and it'll be. Or, or they, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was trying to rephrase not what we're looking at, what we're used to oh, is what I was trying to say. <laughs> yes, yeah, what yeah. we're what we're used to. I, I don't think what we're used to is anything we're going to see for the for a while. It, it's going to be yeah. it's going to be different for a little while, but that's okay. I'll take just give me basketball back. I'll, I'll take that for sure. Uh, but there is so much going on right now with what this is going to look like. I think uh, Lakers forward Jared Dudley had a great point on this. Because he mentioned that he his feeling is more that it's about 70-30 in terms of players who are, yes, we want to come back, to players who are, no, we're a little bit concerned. I think going back to the training camps, going back to you know opening practice facilities, eventually moving into five-on-five team play at least a few weeks in once everybody tests out okay, um, I think that's going to help to ease some concerns from yeah. some of that 30%. They'll feel a little bit better once they get out on the floor and, and all of that. But what his point was was that a lot of players he feels like don't understand that if they don't come back, if you don't get that TV money, if you don't get every dime that you can right now, there's a new CBA coming. It's going yeah, it's going to happen, and that CBA is going to get progressively worse for all involved if you're not getting every dime you can get right now. So he's saying, look, if your team is out of it this season, that doesn't matter all that much. This isn't about just this season, even though that is important. It's about next season. It's about maybe the five years after that, because there's going to be changes coming to the CBA. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The the owners at that point, if if the players started pushing, we don't want to come back. And let's say, you know, but magically you had a whole team of players that said we don't want to come back. That that starts to become a huge issue because then what you're looking at if you're the NBA is you, you just can't do this. And then at that point, now the season is canceled. And that is all it takes is the games being canceled for them to enact the force majeure clause and say we're done. CBA's terminated. In, in effect, at that point, there is no NBA left that is now we're going to pick it back up Mm -hmm. and we're going to figure this out and we all know what's going to happen at that point it is not going to get better for the players they're not going to get a bigger chunk of bri they're not going to get you know more money they're not going to raise max limits none of that stuff it is going to favor the owners the owners the owners because at that point they also know they've got the players it's you know where where do you all go play overseas not going to happen you're going to form your own league not going to happen you know none of those things are going to happen you're going to have to come back to us and it's going to be a huge problem so but let's i'm going to flip it because i think 70 to 70 30 and i love jared dudley because he's so candid Mm -hmm. and honest and gives you a good sense and i think too he gives you a sense of a guy who made some money in the league but a guy who now he's a minimum contract guy so i think it's a little bit different uh you know perspectives he has he has understands both both ends of the spectrum there 
But I think that might have been when he said that that was probably true. And I think you're right. I think his guys have kind of been getting back and they're realizing what's going on in more concrete numbers are put. Cause when you just say it's going to be bad, well, what does that mean? Once right. you start putting actual numbers against it, it's like, Whoa, wait a minute. And I had players tell me flat out, I'm going to only have one year in the league and I'm on a minimum contract. I need every dime I can get, you know, of this contract. Cause I, I might be in trouble. Another thing that came out talking to agents is, the whole season's going to push back, which means the off season's going to push back. So these guys who are fringe NBA players, they may not have the opportunities to go overseas, especially not for big money that exists in the normal kind of calendar. Because once they're they're you know wrapping up the NBA year and they're finding out where they're going to go, those overseas teams are reporting to camp. Mm-hmm. They're already got their rosters built out. They've done their signings. We're starting to see a lot of that happen right now. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on as well is how those uh, how does that work into it. But I think now where we are at is the players, I would say it's probably closer to 85, 15, 90, 10 of, yeah, we got to get back because we, we all need to play. We all want to get our money in here. And I think they're realizing the only way that's going to happen is by coming back full 30. All of us go out there. We do our part and then go. And I think the other piece too, talking to players over the last week is just being back in the gym how huge that is mm-hmm. for them. All of them that I talked to, talked to about 10 or 11 guys this week that their gyms opened back up and it was how good it felt to be in the gym. You know, it just, it just you know, felt felt like a return to normalcy for them. It's something familiar. They're, they're out there kind of do, doing their thing again. And and it was good. And, and, and a handful of them did say, which I think backs that whole, we, we don't need as much training camp. They were like, man, I thought I was going to get out there, go through my first set of drills, and I was going to need a nap for the rest of the day. And most of them were like, I felt pretty good. You know, I felt better than I thought I would. So so I think that part of it is really important too. Because, um, you know, let's say two two months layoff, that's no mm-hmm. joke. These guys don't take two months off. Even, even over the summer in a normal off season, they're still – back in the gym usually within a couple weeks of of their season ending and getting after it so i think you know all around i would say we're we're headed towards you know more players coming back but that doesn't mean we're not still going to see massive changes to the salary cap and the like because that's that's just going to be unavoidable they're going to have to do something different. well let's talk about that what is it that you foresee coming to the the salary cap because we know that the the money coming in is going down and people weren't anticipating this heading into the season. We were anticipating an increase in the salary cap. So what is that going to mean? I know there's a lot of ideas being kicked around about how to deal with this situation, but if that cap drops, we're going to see some changes here. And uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on, on what's going to happen. Yeah. So let's start with, we don't know. Right. You know, and I think that's the cool thing whenever, you know, whether it's Bobby Marks or Eric Pincus or Larry Kuhn or Albert Namad, all the great cap guys out there, um, out there, Jeff Siegel and myself in there when we talk about it. I think the thing we're all trying to be very careful to mention every time is we don't know. Um, no, no, anyone who's telling you, I know for certain this is the way it's going. That's just a level of confidence I can't match. That, that's not something there. And I don't think any of the cap guys I know, and even talking to the guys who do this stuff in the league itself, for both the NBA and the NBA teams, I they they don't feel that same way. They they don't know. Danny Ainge mentioned it on um, the low post that Mike Zarin, who's kind of the Celtics cap, right. you know, that's part of what he does. Is he said stop bringing me these crazy scenarios because it's it's all too much. Nobody knows what the heck we're, is happening here. So I think that's really important. So let's let's um go into it though. It's going to change. You know, there there there's really no way. It's it's not 
going to be 115 million like it's projected to be right now. It's going to be either drop some um, from the projection at least or drop from where it is today, about 109 million. But or they, they're going to do some form of special bargaining. Yeah. And they're not just going to use the BRI formula. Adam Silver came out and said it. The CBA, it's not set up for a $2 billion loss. It just isn't. It's just not set up to do that. The BRI formula breaks when you do that. You're talking, you know, a cap that could be $30 million lower. Right. And, and nobody wants that. The owner, you know, and I've heard a lot of people and people have come at me on Twitter. Well, the owners would love it. No, no they wouldn't. They, they don't want that either. Especially if that tax line that lowers. Through. Exactly. If the tax line lowers, you know, they would have to say, all right, you're going to drop it. You're going to eliminate the tax for a year mm-hmm. and you're going to give us an amnesty. And now maybe we're, you know, willing to play. So nobody wants that. Nobody also wants to turn this into a, you know, two, three year tailspin that takes a lot of time to come back from. You want to be able to bounce back from this relatively quickly and back into a normal um, cycle when you get there. So I think you're going to see special bargaining done that says, Hey, we're going to, you know, lock this thing. You know, maybe we lock it at where it is this year. Maybe we bring it down a little bit. You know, but here's where it is. Here's some special caveats in there. I've heard a lot more talk over the last week, week and a half about should we bring back the amnesty as a one time right. thing and those kind of things. And maybe that does get thrown in there, but, but it, it's going to be different, but they're, they're going to work together, which that's the best part of all this kind of goes back to what we said at the top of the show is the players want to play. The teams want to play. Well, that makes it all easier. Well, with the CBA, they worked together on this. They came together very, very quickly to say, fine, put 25% of the salaries in escrow. Right. And that's huge. You know, that, that makes a you know massive difference with that. And that actually happened today. The 15th was the first time that mm-hmm. happened. So these guys' checks were a lot shorter than they normally are. And I think that's really important to, to not underestimate just how big it is that they work together. Yeah, they've got to have that because, well, I mean, when you don't have that, you get what's happening in baseball right now. Where you've got the owners that are trying to pull stuff over on the, on the players. The players are firing back. This is not what you need right now. Okay. Like if you have, if your CBA is expiring and you've got time to negotiate and you can go back and forth, like we might see that with NFL coming up, right? Like fine, right? You can negotiate. There's negotiating through the media, all that kind of stuff. This is not the time for that. This is not the time for, for trying to go back and forth about money. The only thing that it's going to lead to is resentment from, from your fan base, which is not what you want to do. You want to come in as kind of, again, the, the hero that's helping to bring normalcy back to a country that is starved for sports. You know, I can't tell you that, you know, the guys are talking about how it feels more normal just to get into the gym and it feels good to have that. Having UFC fights on TV felt amazing for me. Even watching the Korean League baseball, it felt like more (laughs) normal life. And I think it's important. And I don't, I hope they don't lose sight of that and their role in that whole process of returning normalcy to not just basketball fans, but to the country, to the world. Um, I think it's really, really a big piece of this. So it's going to be interesting. The, on, yeah. on that, sorry, I want to say two things on that. One is um, the sports coming back. I have a good friend of mine. He has never watched a minute of NASCAR uh-huh. in his entire life. And he's like, I'm so in for this race this weekend just because he wants Something, competition right? in his life, which is that, that's a little that's a bridge too far for me. I'm not going to watch that. You don't, but, you don't but, like left turns. You know, but I mean, that's where people are. <laughs> no, not particularly. You know, what's funny is, too, like I come from a family where where racing was huge. I had two uncles who worked on pit crews for oh. NASCAR teams um, once upon a time. Yeah. And it's but it's just not my thing. I don't I don't know. I This is making it I'm, now I'm going on a tangent. It's making it way too simplified. I can drive a car. You know, so am I am I an athlete? 
no, you know, now that's way too simplified. Cause I've done those things where you get out and you drive. you think, you know, you do one of those, go to the racetrack right, right. and you drive a couple laps. And I'm like, man, I was flying. How fast was I going there? Like 75. It's like, I go that fast on the highway, you know, but it is, it is funny. So, um, you know, but back to that, you know, and then, then the, the, the other thing too, with, with the, uh, with the players, you're, you're absolutely right. Is these guys, they're, they're basketball players. They want to play mm-hmm. basketball. You know, and I, th- I think that's, you know, really, really important to, you know, keep in mind with this and that they want to play. And, and I think the league is conscious of they're, you know, if not the number two sport in the country right now, they're real close. And I think they're clearly, they know the NFL is king mm-hmm. in, in the United States and they know that. But I think the NBA is conscious of, we don't want to lose that standing. Right. And if baseball gets back, hockey gets back, and we're the only ones still not back, all of a sudden does that start to turn people off and that gets people away from the league. And that's something they want to be cautious of. That's that's it, exactly. That was going to be my next point is you've got MLS is looking like they're going to be in Orlando. You've got baseball that if they get their act together, they're they're on the verge of, you know, coming back. Right. You've got all these other sports, you know, NFL is moving ahead, you know, all systems go right now because why wouldn't they be? They're they're in their off season. Um, the, at some point, if these other sports start coming back, that, that, uh, problem becomes, well, where's the NBA then? If the NBA is still dragging their heads and you don't want that, you don't want that scenario if you are basketball, because like you said, they are huge. I mean, you look at just across social media, the NBA does tend to skew younger, but you look across social media, the NBA social accounts dwarf the social accounts for a lot of the NFL teams, certainly the major league baseball teams. Right, they have a a bigger presence there. You don't want to lose that younger generation growing up because that's where the NBA can eventually, in the next what ten twenty years, grow and then maybe challenge for that one spot. I don't know that that's ever going to happen, but I, I'm saying they they've positioned themselves well for that. And you don't want to put yourself into a, a spot where suddenly you you take a few steps back on that ladder of American sports. Uh, and compared to. Um... The other major sports here in the United mm-hmm. States, they are easily the most popular globally yes. of the four major sports in the United States. Now, they're, they're not beating out soccer no. in other countries. That's never going to happen. I mean, that's like football here in this mm-hmm. country. But the NBA is clearly, you know, the the second U.S. or the number one U.S. sport globally because a lot of people, they, they either don't like football, they don't respect it, they don't care about it. In baseball, you know, yeah, there's their markets where baseball is number one. Of sure. course there is. You know, is there markets where hockey is number one? Definitely. But in most markets, it's it's the NBA. You know, I mean, look how many people. We both cover two huge storied franchises. How many people do we interact with on a regular basis who are tuning in from, you know, Turkey mm-hmm. tonight, tuning in, you know, or, you know, or they're telling me, you know, when I've, it's 7.30 tip off in Boston and it's like, well, yeah, it's, you know, 2.30 in the morning here and I'm up and I'm, and I'm watching. And that always blows me away of, you know, that's a dedication level and a love for the, the game and the team that, you know, is just unseen. So they want to make sure they keep that foothold going as well. And that's, that's important to them, you know, is, is get back. And, and there's a level of that international money that I'm sure they want to capture again as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the first thing I thought of when you said that was we did our, a big Lakers nation watch party way back right before the, right before everything just crumbled, right? With the, for the Lakers versus Bucks game on March 6th. And we did it in Hollywood and it was amazing. We had so many Lakers fans turn out. It was packed, which now in retrospect isn't so great that we had that many people packed together, but this was before things started, uh, nobody started knew. falling apart. <laughs> uh, but it, it, I was blown away by the fact that we had people who flew in from Australia 
just to come and be part of a, of a Lakers watch party because, uh, because they love the sport so much there and everything. It was, uh, very humbling and very, uh, very indicative of just the, the global reach of the NBA. So that's a great point. But Keith, I, I want to throw something at you here. All right. I've got this kind of, I don't want to call it a conspiracy theory, but something that popped into my head because we've been talking about the different ways that the NBA can handle this situation and how owners can deal with, you know, what happens if the luxury tax line drops down or if the salary cap drops down. And one of the things that keeps coming up is this amnesty provision and throwing that in there. And I keep thinking, gosh, if there's an amnesty provision, there's suddenly going to be some big names on the market this summer. And then I thought, you know, Chris Paul is the head of the NBA Players Association and he's probably a prime candidate to actually get amnestied. So in their bargaining back and forth, might Chris Paul have a little bit of extra incentive to make sure there is an amnesty provision in? Because then he gets amnestied, most likely, given what's left on his contract. And then he gets to pick which contender he wants to go play for. Maybe a contender with logos all behind you in there. Is that, that where just, you're, you're going know. to? Just, just, a, just, a, just, a, just a thought, you know, banana boat. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and then, you know, bring Mellowed on too. Um, yeah. And Wade comes out of retirement and there we go. Yeah. Uh, no, I, you know, it, Chris Paul specifically, I think he's played so well this yeah. year. I mean, he's probably going to be an all-NBA guy. I don't see how the Thunder would move away from him. All of a sudden that contract doesn't look bad at all that that's a you know perfectly fine sorry i just i wanted to to pause um there to look so uh just to see <laughs> what anytime i get an alert on my phone i'm like is, is this it is this the one um sorry uh <laughs> no worries we're we're, <laughs> yeah, we're on high alert all the time we're, we're waiting um, for that that woge bomb or the exactly. i i still don't figure out what do you call a shams bomb is it a Shams wow? I don't know. Yeah, I've seen that a couple times. I've seen that a few times. But but whatever. Whatever comes out. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I say Chris Paul is um, you know, I think he played too well to get amnestied, quite quite honestly. But it's gonna be part of it is, you know, who shakes loose. Mm -hmm. Does a guy like Al Horford, who I think Philly now would love to get out of that contract, does he shake loose from there and then a team like Boston pounce and say, Hey, come on in for the minimum? Come you know, on we're back. right back to where we were, you know, a year ago with you know, everybody plus, you know, better guys. And that, that could be interesting. And I th- think that's going to be, you know, kind of at play. And that is part of why anytime the amnesty comes up in previous CBAs, it's always when they've made a big change to things and they don't want to put teams in a hardship situation, mm-hmm. um, is be, be, it's fought against by a handful of teams because they're like, we manage our cap well. We exactly. didn't make big, stupid mistakes. So I, I would, I'm going to put the chances that we get an amnesty at somewhere less than 20%. But, you know, I'm not going to completely rule it out because I don't, I, it's just, let's see, you know, what happens. I think it is going to be, you know, something to keep an eye on and really watch. I think it's going to be, you know, one of those things where there, you, you could almost pitch me just about any idea and be like, yeah, possible. Could happen. You know, yeah, could happen because I'm not ruling anything out. Yeah. At this point, I mean, like we, we said at the beginning, we really don't know exactly what, how yeah. this is going to play out. Um, amnesty, you know, it, it may not happen. Like you said, the teams that have clean cap sheets are going to push back against it because they're, they're going to feel, well, they're kind of getting punished then for having, yeah. for, for being responsible and not having bad contracts. And then in the future, that just kind of emboldens team to teams to spend money recklessly. Cause they're like, well, you know what? At some point, I'm sure there's probably going to be another amnesty provision coming up, which, uh, by the a rumor that went around a while back was that that was, Part of Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss's rationale when they signed Luol Deng and Timofey Mozgov was, well, 
if it doesn't work, there'll probably be an amnesty. amnesty one. And uh, <laughs> gosh, yeah, that, that worked out. Real yeah, well. that that still that still hurts. That money's on the books till twenty twenty one for Luol Deng. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. No, longer than that, right? Oh, I think it might uh, be twenty twenty two. Year one, one more year. Yeah, yeah it's got two right. more years after this current season that we're in. Brutal. So, Brutal. yeah, five million a piece, man. That you know those midnight deals. Those are the ones that get you a lot of yeah. times. So. You know, but, you know, and then Moscow, what, four four teams after that and then finally got waived uh, and taken off the books. As an aside, Timofey Moskov going to try to make a run at coming back. Is he? In Russia next year. Yeah, he signed with, uh, I think you say Kimki, hmm. I think is how it's said. I apologize to any of our Russian fans out there that if I butchered that. But he tried to play last year. He only went through practices, couldn't get back. But it sounds like he's feeling pretty good and going to make a run at coming back with Kimki in Russia next year. All right, Mozzie, come on back and uh, – you know, best of luck to him. Hopefully it works out. Uh, all right. There's your Timothy Mozgov update that everybody tuned That's in right. for. That's right. That's what everybody's came here for. They said, is the NBA coming back and, and will Timothy Mozgov be part of Timofey it? Timothy Mozgov be there. Yeah. The Which team will he be on? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, oh, man. You know, but what's funny is I yeah. had somebody um, tell me the other day when I was like, they're like, what happened to the show? And I'm like, funny enough, we're, we're trying to get it back going and now we've got Nothing but time, and and you know we're both in a better place anyway, even without this nonsense yep. going on in the world. That we could probably do this more regularly. And they're like, man, I just need deep breakdowns on stuff. They're like, I want to turn it on while I'm doing things around the house, and I want to listen to basketball. So I promise. Right now, we have to cover all the stuff that's going on in the league yeah. and all that stuff. But I promise you, as soon as we have a better idea or we have a chance, we'll get back into that stuff and really going through team by team, player by player, all the decisions and that kind of stuff. Because that's what we like to do, yes. too. Yeah, and it, it all wraps back into you know the beginning of the show. We don't know. So it's, it's yeah. all but impossible to predict what a team's cap situation is going to look like, what moves they're going to be looking to make when we don't know what the landscape is going to look like. We don't know what rules they're going to be operating under, what the CBA will look like, how much money they'll have to spend with so much in the air. It's, it's almost impossible to do like a team analysis right now. Yeah, I, I think once we have a little bit better idea on that, yeah. and I think there's a handful of teams we could, you know, you you can kind of look at and say it doesn't matter what happens, they're True. not going to have cap space. It's you know, you know, doesn't matter. But yeah, no, it's best to let let's wait till we have a little bit more detail and we can really get into it. But yeah, well, we'll do that again. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's definitely some of that, and it might be a little less cap and future move focus a little more just on the teams and you know kind of where they're at but but we'll we will do that i promise i want to i promised them i said i will mention it in the next show that you know this is where what that we will bring it back so that way hopefully you're out there listening and you hear this and you feel good you know about that so there it is there it is you know that that is that is coming um all right keith let's let's wrap up final thoughts anything else that you want to throw out there before we before we call it a day no, just in case people skip, skip, skip at the beginning, um, I put it out there. I am putting a guarantee, barring something absolutely bananas crazy in the world that happens, which at this point, who the heck knows, <laughs> that we're going to get the NBA back. They are going to finish this season one way or another. I do. I will even go as far to say I think Walt Disney World will be prominently involved. Um, may, maybe I'm speaking on a little bit of knowledge there with that. And, um, and I think you're, you're going to have a good chance that the NBA and MLS are going to be both in Florida to, to do, to do some part of their seasons here. And I, and I think, think we're looking at that. And one of the ideas 
ideas that was fun that was floated out there to me was if they're all kind of living in the same quarantine bubble, maybe to have some semblance of a crowd, you could let the MLS players go to the NBA games, the NBA guys go to the MLS games and vice versa. And that could give you some semblance of your 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 fans in the arena, which I think would be really cool, too. So so, um, you know, but that's that's it, man. I, I think we're definitely getting basketball back um here probably over the summer so it'll be a it'll be a new much better summer league um you know, <laughs> boy years to me and you won't be hanging out in las vegas in july watching a uh, summer league but i do think the nba is coming back yeah I, i'm right there with you i think it's gonna happen i'm gonna stop short of guaranteeing it because i don't feel i can guarantee anything <laughs> these days who knows True. What, what's going to happen but i i do love the optim- optimism keith i think it is going to come back i can't wait uh, I like the idea of having the soccer players come in and watch the NBA games. Just spread them out, right? Social distancing. Yeah, that's it. That. Yeah, yeah. I would rather have that than the thing I saw the other day about doing virtual fans, having like VR fans. That creeps me out. Crowd noises is one thing, but like fake fans in the state. Yeah, yeah, don't that, do that. Yeah. And I don't care about that. I don't care about seeing the no. fans. It's more the noise exactly. that's going to be interesting. It's like a laugh track. If they can't figure exactly and if they can't figure out the 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 noise piece i really do hope that they lean into some level of just mic it you know and maybe you got to run disclaimers at the front of like hey you might hear some bad language maybe you got to put the games on a minute long delay Mm -hmm. you know and and those kind of things and that's fine because you're not gonna have a million people in the arena tweeting out what happened um you know go 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 do that and then you know you can really bleep out the unfortunate thing is i think the whole broadcast would be beep 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 (laughs) because you know we we've both been close enough to hear the way these guys talk it's a it's not very family friendly and i don't have a problem with it that's kind of how i talked when i played too but yeah i you know i think they have a chance here to do some really fun stuff in different things and in of all leagues i trust the nba to be innovative and have some fun with this if they can yeah yeah absolutely agreed i think it's going to be uh i think it's going to be good if and when they do come back and you know what i say forget about the bleep button just let them go if michael (laughs) jordan can do it everybody else can can do it as well we'll just put a disclaimer at the beginning everything will be fine <laughs> yeah and our 10 year old's watching it and it's fine yeah. so it's not it is, she said she goes it's nothing worse than you hear than i hear you say when you watch the patriots on sunday so <laughs> you know it's all good there you go keith smith roll <laughs> there model. it is man <laughs> yeah keith smith foul mouth but positive 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 about the nba you know super psyched that's right i think it's coming all right Let's get things back and up and running. Guys, again, make sure you're following Keith on social media at KeithSmithNBA on Twitter. You can follow me at Trevor underscore Lane on Twitter at Trevor Lane NBA on Instagram. Follow the at Front Office Show on Twitter as well. We'll be back again next week. I'm sure we're going to have a whole new mess of craziness to, to break down some more updates on what's going on in the world of the NBA and what things are going to look like when, I'm not going to say if, when they do get back up and running. Till then, see ya. Stay safe.